Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs, or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Um, so it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show. And please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know. So the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. My guest is the writer and director of a horror movie named Fang. Residing in the land of Lincoln in Illinois, please welcome Mr. Richard Bergen to the Talk to Q radio show. Richard, how are you? I'm doing very well, Quincy. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks. I appreciate you taking the time. Now, you've written and directed a movie called Fang, and I believe it's slated to release sometime is that next month, or can you tell us when it's going to be released? And can you tell my listeners what this movie is about? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Fang is our current plans to have an online career for the movie if we get it done in November. And then after that, we're going to get a distribution deal. It'll get distributed much more widely to a much wider audience. And, the, and Fang tells the story of a young man named Billy Cochran, he lives with his mother in kind of this pretty neighborhood in Chicago, and he works as a janitor at a factory that makes meat processing equipment. And Billy has undiagnosed autism, you know, so he's very isolated, he's very disconnected for the people around him. And, you know, his social skills are not particularly great, so that's the cause of a lot of his problems. So one night, Billy wakes up, you know, he has to go to the bathroom, and then there's this rat that he finds in the bathtub, and the rat jumps out and chases him around, and then the rat bites him. And so from that point forward, Billy starts to feel like he's transforming into a giant rat himself, and that, that's the most I can say. Oh, wow. About, yeah, that's the most I can say without giving too much away about what happens next. Okay, well, sounds interesting. What, what was your inspiration to make this movie? Well, a lot of it was inspired by different life experiences that I've had. Well, I've never, I've never felt like I was transforming into a rat, not yet, anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but I think it's, you know, it's kind of inspired by the theme of, you know, disability, how it feels to be disabled, how it feels to be an outcast from society, and I think that I don't remember exactly how I came up with the idea to have uh, Billy transforming into a rat, but I do kind of, I've come to kind of look at it as a metaphor for, you know, how it feels to be, you know, disabled, whether you have autism or, you know, any other, any other disability that, you know, makes you kind of isolated from other people. And then because people, you know, when, when you're disabled, people can look at you like as a pest, you know. They, I mean, they, they would never 
use that exact word, but, you know, people will look at you as maybe like a second-class citizen, and you can feel like uh-huh. you're a rat in a cage, you know, and you're just on this little hamster wheel running in circles. Now, you you mentioned that, and if I'm not mistaken, you have Asperger's. Is that correct? I do. I do, yes. I have uh, high-functioning Asperger's, some of the very high-functioning end of the autism spectrum. So the spectrum is like there are different levels of autism. So people who are low-functioning autistic, you know, they're, they have some serious problems, you know, just doing everyday life stuff like many low-functioning autistics can't talk, you know, they have sometimes, you know, they, they bang their heads against the wall, so it's a very severe thing for people who have low-functioning autism, but then people who have high-functioning autism, you know, we can do everything that, you know, anyone else can, but, you know, we do have some difficulties relating to people sometimes, and that's always been you know, the feeling of being different, the feeling of, of being, you know, having a hard time relating to people, that's that's always kind of been with me my whole life. And that's what I was wondering as far as the relatability when it comes to people and social skills and things of that nature. How were you able to overcome that to actually work with work with a movie cast and direct them in your movie? Well, I think that, you know, I've, I've had a lot of years of practice kind of just studying the different people around me and then kind of figuring out, you know, okay, this is what I say, this is how I act, you know. And in a way, I think, if anything, Asperger's could be kind of an advantage if you're a writer and director because what a writer does is writers, you know, write about people. And so you have to have a great knowledge of people if you want to be a good writer. And so I think that that gives me a unique perspective. It's kind of like an outsider's view of humanity because I'm studying people to understand them so I can act more like other people. And so in the process of doing that, I, I gain a lot of knowledge that I can put into my characters so my characters feel like real people. So it does have certain advantages in, in that sense. Okay. And now I went to the IMDb page for the movie Fang, and I started going through the cast of the movie, and I saw Lynn Lowry's name on on the cast. Now, she's an actress that people who are fans of horror movies may um, they may refer to her as a, an original scream queen. She was in um, the Cat People back in 1982. She was in the original movie by George Romero, The Crazies back in the 70s, and she was also in the remake in 2010. How in the world did you land Lynn Lowry for your first movie, and what was the selection process like for the cast of this movie? Well, you know, it's it's really, and, and, and this is kind of the most, maybe the most unbelievable story from the pre-production of Fang, but Lynn actually contacted me about being in the movie. Oh, wow. It happened, yeah. Yeah, you know, what happened was that, you know, I was on Facebook, I just, you know, like I made a random comment on somebody else's post, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm making a movie. And then a couple hours later, I got a message from Lynn Lowry saying, hi, Richard, I saw that you're making a movie. I was wondering if you had a role for me in your movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have a role for you. 
you know, not, I was not going to pass <laughs> <course>. up that <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> and uh, Lynn really did a fantastic job. All of our, you know, actors did a fantastic job in the movie. But and I think that, and then Lynn Lowry played the role of Billy's mother, Gina, and like Billy, she also has a disability. Her disability is Parkinson's, which she is slowly dying from. And so the relationship mm. between Billy and Gina is really at the heart of saying that's what really drives the drama just as much as the rat transformation. And, you know, so that was a very, that was a very powerful, you know, combination of, of different things. And that's amazing to get her. That's, that's wonderful. And so oh, what you. was your first day like on the set? I mean, you're getting ready to shoot. It's the first day. Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. Well, I was kind of nervous in the Murphy's Law sense that, you know, anything that can't go wrong will go wrong. So I remember right. the first day, you know, <laughs> so I remember the first day I woke up, you know, in January in Chicago. It's cold out. Then, you know, I, I, went, I went out. I was staying in my producer's house. And so I went out and got some donuts. And then I ate the donuts and I was like, okay, you know. Okay, Richard, it's showtime. You know you gotta you gotta go out there and do right. this. And then when I actually got on set, I, I felt much less nervous right away because everybody who was working on set, you know, was just so professional. You know, everybody, you know, in the room knows what they're doing, and that makes my job as director a hell of a lot easier. I'm sure so it does. It was only yeah, so it was only nervous, you know in the very early stages of the first day. And, you know, as we all worked together, you know, the cast and crew, we really became like a big family, you know. You know, I remember I, I was less talkative in the beginning, but once we all got to know each other, you know, that it's a powerful bonding experience, you know, when you're making a movie and, and you're you're suffering through these long hours and you share the joy of exhilaration when, you you just nail a great scene, and it's it's just a really wonderful, powerful, overwhelming feeling when when you just get it, and it's like you're seeing film history get made in front of you. That has to be a cool feeling for sure. And oh, so, did yeah. everything go well? Did you have any any problems that you ran into during the filming of this movie? Well, overall, we were incredibly lucky. Because I, I chose to go ahead with the filming of film in January and February of this year. So people, you know, were telling me, you know, don't film in January and February in Chicago. You'll freeze your ass off. That's insane. But that turned out to be uh -huh. perfect timing because it was like a month before the shutdown happened. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we like we, we finished filming just in... And then there was one day on set where, well, everything did go wrong. <laughs> we were filming in this house, it was kind of a dilapidated house on the south side of Chicago. And the house had a lot of electrical problems, so, you know, the heat wasn't really working, so we had to use these generators. And then the generators ended up going out, so there was no heat in the house. And then because there was a general electrical failure, the TV in the living room caught on fire, which oh, they wow. really, 
<laughs> and I really wish that uh, we you know, got that on film because they would have tried to, they would have worked that into the movie somehow because it's a great shot. <laughs> <laughs> the TV, you know, catching on fire. But, and so after that, we we found a different house to film in. And we did it very, we found our new location very quickly. We didn't have to reshoot anything. My producer, Robert Felker, did a fantastic job, you know, just just getting, you know, cleaning up the uh, damage and getting us a new location stat. I'm glad that it worked out. And <laughs> All right, so how would the actors in the movie describe you as a director? Would they say that you were a hard-nosed director that had to have everything done a certain way? Or would they say you were kind of loose and allowed them to ad-lib when necessary? Well, I, I'm always interested in, you know, hearing what the actors have to say. You know, if anybody has, you know, feedback about a certain scene or a certain line of dialogue, I'm always happy, you know, to hash it out. I'm not like a dictator on what, what matters the most to me as a director is capturing, you know, performances that feel natural and real. So even if it's not exactly how I originally pictured it in my head if the actors are acting in such a way that they feel like real people and they really understand the essence of their characters, you know, that's the most important thing to me. All right. And so without revealing anything about the movie, I know you don't want to give too much, but can you tell my listeners what type of horror movie this is? I mean, is this a typical jump scare type of horror? Is it more of a psychological thriller well, I would describe Fang as a kind of psychological horror movie kind of combined with the body horror of, you know, the transforming into a rat aspect. So it's kind okay. of a psychological body horror. And in a sense, you know, like a lot of it is, you know, it's a very kind of down-to-earth, pretty realistic drama. You know, like I said, Fang is like a slice of life movie that turns into a slice of life movie as the plot escalates. All right. So how long did it take you to put this movie together? Well, it took us uh, 23 days to film, and that was by far the uh, shortest stage. <laughs> and then before that, it took me <laughs> five months. Yeah, before that, it took me five months to write the script. I started in March of 2019, and I finished writing it August 25th, 2019. And I remember that this is my you know, PDF of the script is time-stamped. And then shortly after that, we went into pre-production, which lasted for four months. And post-production has been going on since we finished filming in February of 2020. So it's been, overall, it's been over a year and a half that I've been working on it. And, you know, this is the hardest I've ever worked on, you know, anything. You know, I was I could be Instead of a slacker when I was in school, I made people back then, you know, when I was saying, oh, yeah, I want to make movies, people were like, well, you need to get a real setup, too, but this is the hardest I've ever worked on, anything. So after all of the hard work was complete, you got the movie finished up, how did you celebrate? What was that feeling like? Oh, on the last day of uh, filming, <laughs> well, it was kind of funny because 
you know, I'm not the most uh, demonstrative guy. I'm not usually somebody who will jump up and down and cheer in public, but, you know, on, when, when, on the last day of filming, we finally left the last studio. I was jumping up and down. You know, I was static. You know, I was like, you know, it's like you, it's like take any drug out there, you know, you go like cocaine, heroin, meth, you know, none of that compares to the high that you get during finishing a movie, you know, it's just critically powerful, you know, amazing feeling when you just get it done, you know, after so many, you know, so many days in a row of being on set, and it, it's just it's an intense experience. So at what point of your life did you decide that you were going to make a movie? I mean, that's a pretty lofty goal, yet you've achieved it. At what point in your life were you a little boy, or when did it occur to you that, hey, this is something I can do? I think, yeah, that's a good uh, question. I think it wasn't really like I woke up one morning and had an epiphany. I think around 2015, you know, I realized that this is what I want to do more than anything else. I want to make movies. And, you know, I've always been a story doer since I was a little kid. And I've always kind of, you know, I've always had different, you know, goals, wanted to do different art forms. And so I ended up deciding, I think, on making movies because it really, it's really very, it's a very comprehensive thing. You know, it kind of covers everything else, you know, movies of acting, writing, music, you know, even fashion, you know, for the characters, uniforms, you know, special effects, you know, so many different things, you know, photography, so many different things, you know, go into it that I think that's ultimately why I felt like, you know, I, I had to be a filmmaker, you know, this is what I had to do. So where can we see the movie? Netflix, Amazon Prime, or? Oh, yeah, yeah, I would love to, uh, you know, get it on one of the major streaming services and get it in theaters, you know. So after we have our online premiere, I'm going to go get a distribution deal, and, you know, I know Fang will find a home somewhere. All right. So you have anything else in the future? I do have – I am working on my next great play right now. I, I like to joke that I've been almost done writing it for several months now. But I actually am getting oh, closer okay. to <laughs> yeah, finishing it this time. It's a thriller called Broken Angels, and the premise said it's about this guy, you know, he's a politician, and he's campaigning to be elected senator of Florida. And, you know, he's very charismatic, he's very suave, he's very charming, and he's very good at, you know, manipulating people to do what he wants, you know, he's kind of like the extreme opposite of Billy in saying as far as being socially adept. But this politician, mm-hmm. he has a very uh, dark secret, which I can't say exactly what it is, but he is, you know, in a, in a broader sense, he is a violent, sociopathic, predatory criminal. And so the plot follows the protagonist as they kind of try to bring this guy to justice, but he's so good at, you know, manipulating people and getting them on his side that he keeps getting away with it. And so that's, you know, that's the most I can say without giving too much away. That sounds good as well. So I can't wait to see that one. All right. So we'll get ready to wrap things up. You know, it's 
around that time of the year where it's close to Halloween. And being that you've made a horror movie, I have to ask you this question. Do you have a favorite horror movie? Oh, yeah. Well, the two horror movies that uh, inspired me to go down this dark and demented path as a filmmaker were the first two adult horror movies that I saw as a teenager, which were Psycho and The Shining. And I would have to say that those are still my two favorites to this day. Okay. Those are classics. Definitely classics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, classics for all time. And one more thing before you go. Let my listeners know where they can find you. How can they find all things Richard Bergen? Well, the best place to find out more about Fang as a gal is to go to our Fang Facebook page, which is titled Fang Cohen the Movie. And that is a great resource for, you know, finding out more information. And we have a lot of pictures I'm there from the making of Fang, and a lot of different people worked on the movie talking about their experiences making it. And, you know, when I look at some of the pictures on there, I'm like, wow, you know, I filmed this. You know, I, like, I, I've just, you know, I, I, I still feel, you know, mesmerized by it when I look at it. That's pretty cool. I know it's an amazing feeling, and it's definitely something in which you should be proud of. So um, I think well, it's great, so and I can't much. wait for the movie to come out. I know this is going to be right up your alley, and I think this is a movie that a lot that will really resonate with a lot of people, and I can't wait to see what you think. Hey, I'll definitely be sure to leave a review once it comes out. I'll definitely do that. Well, Richard, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I truly appreciate you taking the time to join this Q on One edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. So thank you so much, uh, Quincy, and. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your night, and I hope that you get a chance to watch Fang and that you and everybody else who gets to see the movie has a fantastic time watching it. <laughs> I like that. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.